When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. When you walk into a barn, you usually wouldn't expect it to be as clean as your doctor's office or resemble a science lab. But that's what you'd see if you'd walk into the barns at Blueprint Genetics, a bovine embryo transfer facility just south of Janesville. I had the chance to sit down with Courtney Zier, co-owner and manager, and Dr. Dan Gander, embryo transfer veterinarian at Blueprint, to see how their facility operates, what they do from day to day, and why all the small details matter when it comes to bovine reproduction. We actually did IVF flushing through our own farm, uh, Henning Farms initially, and then uh, Bovatech out of Madison and SBS Repro came to us as um, wanting us to start housing donors for other people. Um, So we ended up building a barn and we opened it up in 2017 and uh, it holds approximately 100 head and we have dairy and beef here. We primarily do beef um, and we do all different breeds. We have from mini Herefords to Wagyu's to Angus to Herefords. You know, for us that we do an individualized um, protocol for each donor. Um, Their age is different, their breed's different. Um, their body scores different. So we hold all that accountable here. And I guess that makes us a little special, I think, because we don't just clump them in a big group. We look at each donor individually. So Dan, tell us a little bit about the background of ET, kind of what the purpose is of it, and then maybe some of the process that takes to complete everything here. Embryo transfer or ET has been uh, within our industry uh, since the 1970s, we've had uh, veterinarians in Wisconsin flushing cows and producing embryos for clients. Uh, the big focus, the big positive of the technology is to gain or, or uh, access uh, the best genetics for a producer as possible and to amplify those. So make as many offspring out of the best or most uh, profitable animals uh, on the farm. Now, the technology has changed over the years. The the uh, we have gone from conventional flushing to uh, some IVF, and uh, we do a lot of that over here at Blueprint Genetics. But it's ever changing and ever improving. Relate this to then the general consumer, as obviously IVF is something that's used in humans and for certain reasons. How is it different in cows? What's what are the different purposes for it? I guess, and you know, how can you relate it to a general consumer that has no on-farm experience? Well, in the human end of things, it's used primarily as a technology to overcome reproductive issues in both males and females, and and we do some of that in cattle. Uh, we overcome some of those uh, reproductive problems uh, that would be uh, there in both a recipient and a donor. Uh, the technology has its place there bigger and and how it's used more widely is in amplifying genetics and and being more efficient uh, that's really the drive is uh, improving profitability and and driving profitability but for each uh, client that's different for each farmer that's different and some might uh, uh, push for genetics uh, definitely on the dairy end for milk production and feed efficiency definitely feed efficiency on the beef side but uh, carcass traits are are very important and uh, creating a a, a product that is uh, more desirable to the consumer is really the drive. 
a pretty small percentage of the beef and dairy industry utilize embryo transfer. So for the rest of the, the industry that doesn't, how does ET and reproductive technologies affect the things that they do every day if they're not directly involved in it or using it? Well, uh, a lot of the elite genetics and breeds are created uh, in uh, use, <laughs> utilizing this technology. A lot of the premium genetics are there. So the bulls and stud, uh, oftentimes those are created with this technology, um, but uh, also the females. What about for producers that are interested in getting involved, but maybe don't have recipient cows available at their facility? What things do you guys offer in that aspect? Um, yeah, we have a recip uh, herd here. We offer 60-day sex-pregnant recips for purchase. If you, there's lots of embryo sales out there as well. So if you don't have your own donors, or if you buy some high-end you know, embryos off of a sale, uh, you can send us those embryos. We would implant them into our recips uh, for you. And then um, we would go forward and hopefully have some pregnant recips that you would be able to purchase. Uh, we also offer a buyback program as well. Once you've weaned your calf off, um, we would offer to buy the recip back from you to put back into our herd so we could, you know, start the process again for other consumers or repeat, you know, customers. So you're talking about with that program, you have recips that come from a certain place, but you're pretty picky on what you get and what they qualify for before they come here. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, we do uh, testing um, before our recips come in. They're Yoni's free, BLV negative, and uh, BVD negative. And then we also, when they come in, our vets are here on hand and they sleeve each cow. Uh, that way, if you know they see a uterus or an ovary that they don't quite like, um, we call her right away off the bat, so we are not you know wasting a high quality embryo. Um, we also hold high in high standards that we try to get recips that have really good feet and legs, udders, and disposition. Those are the few things that you know we think are very important for recips. So one other thing that you notice as you come into the barn here is things are really clean. And obviously that seems like it must be a goal of yours to keep things sanitary, keep things clean, and make sure nothing is out of order. Tell me a little bit why that's important and how that relates to what you're doing here. We consider the process of OPU and IVF as a surgical procedure. So we treat the donor uh, as if she's being prepared for surgery and we wanna make sure there there are no after effects, some negative uh, effects of the procedure that we provide. We're vets and, and, you know, first of all, we do no harm to the animal, so we want to take care of her. It's very important that we have cleanliness, but it's also very important for success, for the development of the oocytes and embryos. We can't have any type of contamination. We use all new materials and sterile uh, materials all the time. Uh, there is no reusing equipment uh, for that reason. What things did you have to consider, I guess, to to make everything, you know, exactly the way you wanted it in the barn? Make it efficient for efficient and safe for the cows, make it so you can keep it clean. What things did you have to consider going through the original building process and, I guess, when you 
decided you were gonna do this? Um, yeah, the building process was probably the hardest process, much longer than the building actually getting built. Uh, we went around and uh, visited some other places in the Midwest and saw what we really liked and saw some few things that we didn't like and tried to implement that. Um, the few things like in our barn, what was important to me is that you can work cows by one person and with a smooth, um, no stress going through our barn. For us, uh, cow comfort is very, very important. And I think that that's something that we held very high on our uh, you know, idea on this barn. And I think we succeeded at that. When you walk through the barn as well, we have different pins so we can pin cows differently um, to, you know, their their breeds or if they need special treatment or if they are an older cow. You know, if you have a boss cow, we can keep them a little bit separate. Um, we try to pen those accordingly to make you know, like I said, cow comfort, our number one priority. When we talk about reproduction on just the normal commercial side for people who are maybe only using AI or maybe people that aren't even using AI, they're just using, you know, bulls out on pasture with their cows. What are some things that they should focus on, even though, like we said, it's not a donor female you're looking to get a lot of eggs off of, but obviously you still want to get as many of your cows bred as possible and in a small window. Big focus is making sure that uh, cows are up to date on vaccinations. We wanna make sure that they are healthy and protected. Um, so we do that, number one. Uh, we wanna have a great feed, uh, feed uh, nutritionists involved and a great uh, feeding strategy. Uh, high quality feeds are very important uh, for any breeding success. We then uh, a complete mineral uh, pack. We wanna focus on, especially in Wisconsin and, and Northern Illinois, uh, a selenium. We make sure that we are overcoming any selenium deficiency in our forages. And so that's done in a, in a real sound nutrition plan. So those are, those are the biggest things. We, uh, there are different strategies. And if you're using a bull, then, you know, that uh, we want to make sure that we're making sure he get, gets a breeding uh, soundness exam ahead of time. We want to make sure that you have enough bull power there and, and that they're working. And then, uh, you know, the synchronizations associated with, with AI are very important and find a protocol that works well. Work with your herd vet. Uh, veterinarians are the key to success in, in, uh, in uh, reproduction in, in cattle. Whether you utilize embryo transfer or just use artificial or natural service breeding, the reproductive service in your beef or dairy herd is crucial in your operation's success. And the little details really matter. That was Courtney Zier, co-owner and manager of Blueprint Genetics in Janesville, as well as Dr. Dan Gander, embryo transfer veterinarian at the facility, sharing with us how they are there to help producers maximize quality genetics and build their herds and others across the state and nation and set them up for success. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman.